The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Oh man, that's fun. That's fun. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'll have to figure good. out a way to make that trail off or something at some point. But yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? That, that's a fun intro that gets the people going to talk some rookie drafts, which are right around the corner. I'm happy to be joined by Justin Bruni today, our lead editor in chief. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing good. Doing good. Another Sunday closer to football, another Sunday closer to the NFL draft. I want landing spots, man. You know, I love talking about some of these rookies. I love talking dynasty, but for the love of God, let's get a landing spot. Oh, we got 12 days, 12 days, 12 baby. Days. Let's ride. It's coming up quick. I'm super, super excited. You know, I, you know, it's hilarious. I saw that SGPN uh, little, little picture you have up there. And I was like, Oh, Justin, you got, you got like a little just, uh, SGPN picture. Like I do just like a little, little oh, yeah, Photoshop yeah, yeah. picture in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. I had to, I had to edit Wayne's basement here. Um, I'll have to get you uh, I'll have to get you a thumbnail up here. You know, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, was it Ryan here? Yep. There it is. Cause you know, we got flipped cameras and then we got uh, Sean up here, you know? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, why, why, why don't I have a beautiful picture on the wall? Yeah, you do. Well, you know, you're winning I, Super Bowls. I think I should be in line for the most handsomest man, at least at SGPN, but I won't dive into that too much here, but yes, we will dive into. If you the... want to go to war, we'll go to war, buddy. <laughs> you have the best hair at SGPN. A hair, so. hair plays a lot. It's a big factor, pal. It's a big factor. <laughs> we'll dive into some rookie ADP today, and we, we, you know, with the NFL draft right around the corner, we wanted to do some rookie buys and sells before the NFL draft. And I use the wonderful tool, uh, ADP rookie ADP tool, over at the fa- at the Face Off Sports Network, the place that I work. You know, it allows me to sort for just April drafts in particular. So we're getting the most recent one quarterback ADP. So that's where I Mm -hmm. want to lead off today, starting off with CJ Stroud at 9.44. That, you know, that is just a little, you know, I don't think this is an analyst pick or anything like that. I think this, you know, I I think he slips a lot farther in an analyst league, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you, CJ Stroud going in the first round of one quarterback league. I think we had similar feelings before the show when we were talking about it. I think obviously I know where you're headed. Tell the people why CJ Stroud is not a pick in the first round of a one quarterback league. Well, you're just not playing to the most upside here. And when you're going after one quarterback anyways, if you're at about pick nine and you have a a quarterback available to you and you absolutely need one, you're just starting. Like there's going to be more value coming up and more likely you're going to have another second round or third round pick. I think that you're just probably reaching and the consensus that you and I have is that if you are going to take a quarterback at that ADP specifically, you should be shooting for the absolute highest ceiling. Like you need a home run of all home runs here. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that like me and Emerson will disagree on probably Bryce Young more so. But if you're not pulling him up to this space, right, then you're absolutely going to be doing it with Anthony Richardson. Like we had said, he has that highest upside based on the size, the athleticism the speed. I think that CJ Stroud does have the safest floor, but if you are picking a quarterback at this ADP, you need to bring home, you know, a, a generational return. So 
looking at that landscape between these three quarterbacks, Richardson has that highest upside, Stroud the safest floor. I think that Young may have a similar upside, but I think that he has the lowest potential floor of all of these guys based on his size and you know potential injury woes that I know that a lot of us in the community have been discussing. Obviously, like I just said earlier, we need landing spots. It's going to help out a lot more. But regardless, I think that is how we're gauging the ceilings and floors for each of these guys. Richardson is the most adequatable to slot into uh, you know, a pick nine through 12 in round one of a single QB Superflex. Yeah, and you know, like you said, C.J. Stroud just not shooting for that upside because I just see him more settling into that quarterback nine to 15 territory. He just doesn't have elite rushing upside. And if you don't have that, you know, I, I think, you know, 300 to 500 yards is absolutely within his range of outcomes, but he's not nearly like as athletic as Dak Prescott coming into the league or anything like that. You need mm-hmm. to be such a high level passer to be a difference maker in one quarterback formats. If, if you're not a big rusher, so you need to be Patrick Mahomes. You need to be Justin Herbert. And those guys, those are guys who add a little bit with their legs too. you know, a few hundred rushing yards usually, but that's, that's what you're looking for. If you are going to select more of a pocket passer and he, he does have, some of the best mechanics in this draft, very accurate, just not someone, you know, in a super flex draft, I'm, I'm taking him second overall after Bijan Robinson, but right. you know, that's just well, because. And again, in, in that format though, you know, that at yeah. that pick, you're just not going to have options after, after him, you know, once Stroud goes, Young's going to go within a pick to two picks, you know, after he goes, Richardson's going to go within a pick to two picks, just based on the needs in your draft. Right. In this situation, it's honestly, you just get to wait. I mean, it's kind of the benefit of single QB. You don't have to be first to market. You don't have to win that race to the first quarterback. You kind of revert back to, you know, when you're looking at just regular redraft single QB format. Why take a QB early when you can take one in round seven or eight? It's a very kind of similar, you know, um, way to attack the positions and, you know, leverage your draft spot. Yeah, you know, I think... You know, you're just depending on a super flex league. Quarterbacks are so valuable. Getting a super flex starter for a long period of time. Yeah, that's a very valuable. You know, I'm willing to take him at the number two spot, especially when you consider the safety, you know, mm-hmm. th- that he has a much higher floor than a player like Anthony Richardson. So I'm absolutely mm-hmm. willing to take him in two, but I am fading him in one quarterback format. It's not somebody I'm looking at for maybe the early second round, late, or maybe, maybe, or late second round, early third round, mm-hmm. if I was going to select a quarterback in a one quarterback format. But I don't know if there are a lot of great prospects this year for that. Right. And, I, and, 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 just, and just for reference, too, I don't say to folks like, oh, you should go take Anthony Richardson at nine. If you have that extreme need to take him nine through 12, then by all means, go ahead. But I still feel like you don't need to be first to market right now unless just the circumstances are completely dire. Yeah, and I just see the, the you know, the floor on – you know, Richardson is bottomless. So he's not someone I'm shooting for in one quarterback formats either personally. So with that, we will dive into the next player here. But before we do, I just want to give one more quick shout out to Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear, too. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacement guarantee. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good, too. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight a hunger with Feeding America, too. Exclusively to our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off 
two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. The SGPN is also doing an NBA Survivor Challenge. Make sure to check out our NBA Playoff Survivor Challenge, completely free to enter, and the winner gets $250 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Next up with these rookie ADP announcers, I have Roshan Johnson, who I imagine I'm a little higher on Roshan than you, but I know mm -hmm. I think we're both going to find him a value in one quarterback leagues at 18.78, uh, so that is in, at the – Towards the you know towards the middle of the second round, but I, I think that's a great that's a great value. You know, Roshan Johnson is someone I've been sneaking more and more at my boards. Mm -hmm. I have him as my RB six right now, but that could end up going higher if he ends up getting the uh, day two draft capital that many are predicting. What are your, some of your thoughts on Roshan Johnson and that at that ADP? Absolutely love the talent. Uh, potentially one of the best pass blockers at the running back mm -hmm. position in this draft. Going to be a solid power runner. Landing spot going to help out a lot, but he's someone that I'm targeting at the back end of round two. Uh, I have started my first startup of this offseason. We, you know, we've got kickers involved for draft picks, and I really faded uh, running back early. And I was able to come back around with a late first, couple of second round picks. And I plan with that zero RB strategy, you know, not attacking the running back position until the double digit rounds of a startup. I'm going to attack this space for running backs because it, it feels very bountiful for, for running backs to be available in this mid-second round, late-second round. And Roshan Johnson is a name that I absolutely have circled. So at this ADP, what, what do we have him down on round, uh, pick 18? Yep. Yeah, that's that's a buy for me. I, I'm, very good. I'm very good with the middle of round two. I feel that the evaluation of running back talent in this in this class specifically is super, super subjective i know some names that we are still have to discuss that have been going well ahead of uh of roshan johnson at least in you know uh, super flex formats uh which i'm most which i'm most used to but i don't feel that it's going to be unlikely i don't feel that it's likely excuse me to see him go before pick 16 so at pick 18 i feel like that's a good place where i'll feel ready to pull the trigger middle of the second round of course you know you want to play it with the available picks that you have left reading the board if there's still a ton of running backs available, maybe you try to get him around later or with another pick that you have coming up if, you know, if you've been stocking up. Um, but I, I feel very comfortable with that ADP. If I took him at pick 16 in a super flex, pick 16 to 18 in a single QB, I trade in Harris. I'm, I'm good either way. I really like the talent. Just give me that landing spot. Give me a, give me a solid location where I know he's going to be on the field and I don't have to feel like I'm you know reaching to get him because I like the talent so much. Uh, yeah, I, I, he just does all those little things that I think are going to get him on the field. He has a physical frame, unlike a lot of players in this class. He's a strong pass blocker, like you said. He um, had the unfortunate of playing behind B. John Robinson most of his career. So analytics mm -hmm. are not, you know, if you're an analytics guy, Roshan Johnson's not going to pop because he just wasn't on the field that much. So but you know, more tread on the tires, baby. Let's more ride. Tread. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's just a, you know, he's a dog, you know, as like people like to say now, you know, he's, he was a dog. leader in that Texas locker room. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like I said, he, he's going to get on the field early because all the things he does well, he's extremely tough to bring down. He, you know, he's an adequate uh, route runner, although he, that was never like a big, you know, his targets per route run was actually fairly good in college, although he didn't get do, get to do that very often playing behind Bijan Robinson. He's someone who the NFL draft apparently really likes. If he sneaks into the second round, I could see ranking him as high as RB three or four, honestly. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The landing on the Cowboys, imagine. I was just talking uh, 
Just saying, like, oh, imagine if he was, I was just going to ask is, you is about he a top 18 running back already in Dynasty. I was just going to ask you about a la- two landing spots, and Dallas was one of them. So I'm glad you brought him up. What would you think about a Dallas versus Minnesota landing spot? It feels like Delvin Cook is all going to be but out the door by draft night, if not on draft night. I like the idea of pairing Roshan with an Alexander Madison with a Tony Pollard. I feel like those would be a very good one-two punch uh, set of set of combinations there. What, what do you think about either of those landing spots, or maybe the field is better? What, what do you think? I like I like both those landing spots. You know, I think they they are great. You know, landing spots that you know are good, decent for 2023, but even better for beyond because mm-hmm. Tony Pollard, Dalvin Cook, not locked in to to Dallas and Minnesota for the long mm-hmm. term. I would that would vault him into top 20 easily dynasty running back territory for me. You know, flirting you know maybe with you know somewhere 18 top 18 somewhere right in that territory. So. I, mm-hmm. I really like Roshan Johnson and the people, you know, there's a lot of people that love him even more than I do. I think that player, like I was just listening to, you know, the guys I, I work with over at player profile, I have him at like RB three or, or something like wow. that right now. So, wow. so that, yeah, no, I, really I, I love that. I love that. But like, do you, do you really feel like you could like take that as an actionable ADP though? No, I don't think you should draft him there, but you know, if you feel that way and you, and you only have one pick, you know, I would, I would move, wow. I would move down, you know, but that it's aggressive. I think it's it's mainly due to the fact that players like Jameer Gibbs, you know, there's a couple more like him, are just are you know we'll get into it a little bit, but can right. a chain can Gibbs carry enough consistent volume to be uh-huh. a top twelve top you know in Gibbs' case a top twelve running back on a consistent basis? I'm not sure about that either, but what we will chop it up here, right? A little bit more. Uh, next up here. Before, I have do 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 Tajay Spears. Yes, Tajay Spears. Fumbled over my words there. Uh, this is a player that I really go back and forth on because you look at the film. He is just he he's very smart. You know he, he hits that hole quickly and then he, you know he's gone. He, well, I say he's gone. You know he he's very smart, which he you know creates he's separation. Yeah, he's great in space. Well, he's good at creating separation between defenders. He runs defenders into blockers. You know, so you really like watching that on film. I guess what I worry about is. You know, he reminds me of Devin Singletary a bit. You know, he's solid vision, you know, but mm-hmm. just doesn't have a – although he did catch passes in college, he's not a particularly adept route runner or anything like that. There was a lot of screens and everything. Right. And he just doesn't have – his NFL combine was not great. He's not extremely athletic. So I just wonder if he has that kind of speed to be, you know, a quality fantasy football running back. However, I do think we're talking about a guy, you know, Finished off his career with eight 100-yard rushing performances in a row. Just a super smart runner, like I said. You know, you watch him on film, and he, he like I said, he, he is a great in, – in his in his brain, he is a great running back. So, you know, if he had a little bit more physical tools, he would be a lot higher in my rankings. You know, so he is someone who I, I would be just holding at that ADP. I would actually probably drop him just a little bit of spots just based on who's behind him a little bit. I would have – Mm-hmm. ahead of him. I would have Roshan Johnson ahead of Spears. These are just a couple guys who, and in this ADP at, at going at, at 17, he's ahead of those guys. So I would drop him just a little bit. So I guess he's a sell, but it's not too far down. What are your feelings on that, Tajay Spears? I don't hate him. He's definitely someone that I that I am not up against taking in the mid to late second round. So I would say the ADP is buyable. I don't think you should have to sell this ADP. I don't think it's a complete... Um, I don't think it's complete waste looking at him. I mean, love me some Tulane running backs. Huge after catch ability, speed, get him out in space. He's going to be fine. You would have, you would reference this the screens over 
you know, potential route running. He's a nightmare for linebackers here. And while I do feel like he's going to be relegated to a role in a backfield, he's not going to get a ton of touches. I think that his skill set and his ability is going to translate very well to an NFL team. This is a big landing spot factor player because, again, if he goes to a crowded backfield where he's going to be more of, you know, a gadgetry gadgetry type of player where he's getting reverses, he's getting some screens, probably on special teams if he's not, you know, the one-two guy in his running back group on whatever team he's drafted by. But the skill set is just phenomenal. He is PFF's running back eight. Johnson and Abaconda, for reference, are 11 and 16. So he is he is looked at at a very high regard from an analytical standpoint. My concern is, is like when I'm comparing, if I'm sitting there on the board, it's the middle of round two, and I'm looking at Roshan and I'm looking at Tajay back to back, and I want to take one of them, which direction would I go? PFF has uh, Spears up about three spots over Johnson, but I would probably still say Johnson because of the the size, the frame, and what I feel like is the ability ability to keep himself on the field more often than not. The the pass blocking, the power running, Tajay. I don't. You're not going to trust him to pass block. Mm-hmm. You're not going to trust him on third down to run that perfect route like you had mentioned. But I do think that he can have a role on a team. So I don't hate this ADP. But again, if you get you know, a landing spot, say like, um, I don't know, like the Giants or Seattle or uh, the, the Ravens by some means, right? Coming down, he's, he's probably going to move back down to the third round. So he he is definitely a fantasy asset right now in Dynasty where he has, I think, a lot to lose without the right landing spot. I could definitely see him slipping. Right now, based off of what I know about him, I feel like he's adequate, adequatable at his, uh, his current, current ADP. Can't talk this morning. Spears is kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like a, a six foot seven center in, in the NBA. He's he's a tweener, in my opinion. He kind of fit. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy with a strong frame, but he's kind of, you know, he's over 200 pounds that kind of that right, right around really? 200 pounds, barely. Really? And, you know, that was him bulking up this offseason, too. Right. And, but he's not particularly fast either. So he's not he's not a he's not a quick running back. He's not fast, but he's not a fit, big physical runner either. So, you know, I just concern about are we going to see consistent volume like i said i compared him to you know i've heard a lot of people compare him to but i compare him to devin singletary as well i think that's a solid one so we will see about his you know will depend on landing spot but if he slips somewhere Mm -hmm. in the third round fourth round i'll be comfortable selecting him as a top 10 rookie running back before we do i'm just want to give one more shout out before we go to the next one to our friends over at underdog fantasy who help us pay the rent over here Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 season. Me and Justin have fun doing those. We've already done a live underdog draft. And, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm addicted, and I, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm, I've already done about, like, 20 super flex drafts, 31 quarterback drafts. So it doesn't help. But my, my, my I'll tell you, people, my girlfriend, she, she certainly doesn't like it either. So. I hope you know. Hopefully, it doesn't cause a breakup. She's gonna like it a lot more next February when you're <laughs> rolling around in 200k. Yes, exactly. I'm, Tread I'm, I'm lightly, su- Mrs. Analyst. Tread lightly. I'm I'm settling. You know, yeah. I'm trying to settle sell her on this being long term investments. You know what I mean? It's, instead of people investing in things like a 401k or or like Wall, stuff on Wall, what is that stuff on Wall Street that's just gonna crater in a tanking economy or anything like that? No, underdog fantasy will always be there. Put your money where it's going to be safe. 
That's what I say. <laughs> and be sure to also use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I love underdog guys, but withdraw your money as well, okay? Emerson and fucking Rob, they keep all their money on there like they're hiding it from the Cayman Islands or something or hiding it from Uncle Sam. Like, come on. Yeah, they, they can't track it. The IRS can't track it. They can't track that. Yep, I, I, that's that's where I just keep all my funds. You know, I don't even. Use I know. Bank I know. I don't even use banks <laughs> I've anymore. Seen, I've seen you're in Rob's account. I'm just like, I'm I'm lowly over here with like my ten bucks, like with my you know my my little buy in for my next draft. Like every week, I'm just like, give me that back. Give me that back. Give me that back. All right, and I just do that little pause there for our listeners on the Apple Podcast. You might have just gotten a little extra, little extra ad space there. So, with that, we are going to dive into my next player here. I have up Israel Banaconda. This is my guy. Justin knows this. I I, I just love the upside here. You know what I mean? I in a in a class where I just don't know about Jameer Gibbs. Can he carry a full workload? Mm-hmm. Devon A. Chain, even more concerns about him in that regard. Israel Banakanda, explosive, super strong frame. He had uh, over 1,500 rushing yards last year. He just, yeah, he, he was fantastic. I just see this is a guy who has a really high range of outcomes. He's, a, he, you know, while it may not be likely, I think this is a guy who could potentially has that top 12 running back upside. He did have a reported uh, pro day initially that his 40 yard dash was between 427, 432, which is absolutely ridiculous. We can assume pro days are a little, always a little inflated. It got reduced to like kind of four, four, but for his size, that's amazing, especially for running back. So I'm really excited about a Banaconda, and I just am waiting for the end of what to see if the NFL likes him as much as I do, as much as I love my own advice. And as much how, however much as I research, I really do put a ton of research into these rookies. However, I mm-hmm. do tend to lean on what the guys making millions of bucks thinks too. You know what I mean? NFL teams, NFL evaluators. So this is a guy who goes on day two. I'll be super excited. What are some of your feelings at that ADP, which I did not read. It is 23.44, which I mean, that is, that is that's, people that that's, that's too low right now. That's that, going to go way that. up. That's I, I've already seen it going way up, and that's why I was immediately going to say it is to slam him at pick 23 or pick 24 because I'm seeing him go between picks 14 and 16. I've seen, I think I've seen him go at pick 13 now, the first pick of the second round. I think so he's going people, round one. I haven't seen that yet, at least in my own personal mocks, but I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. Right now, there's a, a ton of hype around him. Everyone's picking up the go Izzy train, like, and that's fine. I think he's got a great size and speed combination but i don't think that he's an overly fast or elusive running back and while his size will probably keep him on the field i see him as a project for nfl teams he's only he's going to be 20 years old in october that 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 is a one criteria for a running back in dynasty because even if you don't get i think he's gonna be 21 uh, i think he's gonna be Pull that up really quick. Uh, but I, either way, still still super still young. very young. I thought that he had he was turning 20 in uh October. Maybe I got the, the Octobers mixed up here. But regardless, he's gonna be a great project. And as I said, not super elusive, good combination of size and speed. And that kind of you know gets me into that Roshan Johnson territory where I believe his assets and his skill set can keep him on the field more often than not. Yeah. No, 100%. I, oh, yeah. I, I, he like, just turned 20 years old in October. Yeah, so, so, yeah, Wrong so October. He, 
So yeah, he's not even going out for beers yet. You know, he not didn't a drinking age yet, for Mr. Avocado. He can't even go out and celebrate his new vaunted a rookie ADP with a celebratory uh, shot or a beer or anything. So he's not turning out 21. So despite him not having a strong receiving role in college, I think he is fully capable of growing into that. He, I haven't seen like stone hands or just like he's out there running around. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I think, you know, when we see lack of uh, receiving production in college, you know, we automatically think this guy can't do it. I, I like Kenneth Walker last year with you. You know, I, I don't know if this is a major concern. We saw Kenneth Walker have a couple of games last year where he had tied targets. So mm-hmm. I think he could certainly grow into the role, although the floor for Abanaconda is a little bit lower than some other players. The next man up here, I have Jalen Hyatt at 13.89. I'll start off with you here. You know, do you uh, are you are you a fan of Jalen Hyatt? He's a very polarizing prospect. Some people have him very high. Some people are very low. Where do you stand? That feels high. I mean, from just from what I've seen from from mock drafts, it feels like I could probably get him another four to five picks later. Again, like you just said, it's very subjective. Everyone's um, predeterminations of these players. I think a lot of assumptions will be made once we do get landing spots. A landing spot I love for Jalen Hyatt is staying right there in North Carolina. Put your hands up. I feel like he'd be a very good fit with the Panthers. They are going to be bringing in Adam Thielen, DJ Shark on pretty much one-year deals or short-term deals. Maybe Thielen has a two-year deal. I'm not sure, but I know Shark is only on a one-year deal. I think he would be a great weapon, uh, a great field breaker for a young quarterback, a young developing QB. I think the biggest slight on Hyatt is that he ran – he's fast, right? Like So they ran him a ton out of the slot going just full verts a lot. So people, I mean, while he is a good route runner, people have kind of like relegated him to like almost a DK Metcalf type of narrative because, oh, he only runs straight. But obviously, if you look at Jalen Hyatt, you'll see that he's shifty. He's elusive. He's got great speed. Um, some say he's too fast. His, his starting speed is is way higher than his stopping speed. Uh, I don't know if that's a good problem or a bad problem. That sounds like uh, Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks, too. And I think, you know, with the right coach, with the right Bombay in in that situation, you're going to be able to coach him into a pretty good scenario. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But I'm a big fan of Jalen Hyatt. That ADP, though, 13, first pick of the second round, I I don't know. I don't know. That that feels a little rich. That feels a little rich. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as high on Jalen Hyatt. You know, he's he's just a he doesn't have he's a downfield threat who doesn't have that downfield threat frame really. You know, he's five foot yeah. eleven, 170 he's not, pounds. He's not Mike Williams. You know, and he, his his door was open last year a little bit by the fact that Cedric Tillman struggled with injuries, so that kind of opened mm-hmm. up the door. He did have a very productive season though. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I do just think that potentially he could be a better NFL player than a fantasy player. NFL evaluators are drafting him based on the fact that he can open up the offense. Mm-hmm. one or two defenders are going to be trying to keep up with him way, way downfield, which will keep, you know, which will open up things in the short game a little bit. So yeah, I just, I just wonder about his consistent volume. So obviously that's a sell for me at this ADP, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's be hard to argue if he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, which he could still do. It'll be hard to argue with him. You know, he probably would turn into a buy at that ADP all of a sudden. So it really depends right. on where the draft capital is for me, but just for me personally grading him, I didn't have him particularly high. He's my wide receiver set eight. He's my wide receiver eight in my rookie rankings right now. But like I said, mm-hmm. NFL evaluators are a little bit higher on him just because of what he can do for the offense. Before we jump into Marvin Mims, I just would like if you know if you're still listening, if you could give us a quick uh, like, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, rating, you know, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, it would be really appreciated. And 
And of course, this wonderful ADP is also brought to you by the Faceoff Sports Network, and they have all these wonderful resources on their dynasty content as well. Marvin Mims next up, 22.0. This guy is a guy who I actually have just moved him as much to my wide receiver five in my rookie rankings. I, I really like Marvin Mims. He excels okay. against man coverage. Um, 21 uh, yards per, per reception is as elite as it gets. He lines up inside. He lines up outside. He's a little bit in a class. He doesn't have a strong frame, but in a class where in a class of shorter and players, skinny players, he, he is a little bit larger. And I mean, he blew people away at the NFL combine. He just has a little bit of everything. So I am super excited to get into Marvin Mims here. And I, like I said, he's just a guy who I've had as my wide receiver five. And I moved ahead of Jalen Hyatt. I moved Marvin Mims ahead of Josh Downs. And, you know, like I said, I just think he does everything very well. And I've seen, and you know, what's caused me to be more confident is I like the prospect profile. Now I think the NFL evaluators are following too. I see him getting slotted into that mid second round range. Have you uh, done some research on Marvin Mims? Do you have any feelings? Yeah, I, I love the playability, but it just feels like he's got to go to a very good system because he was drawn up open ridiculous amounts at Oklahoma. You, I had, yeah, 19 and a half yards reception or 20 yards reception doesn't, doesn't really make a difference. It's, it's just an insane number. Right. Uh, I think that that can translate to the NFL. I like the size. I like the frame. Um, he's small. He's at, he's at 183, but I think he'll put on a little bit more weight, a little bit more NFL size. And I think that'll help translate uh, because I feel like he can be, very reliable in the intermediate and the deep route tree. So I, I like him a lot. What was the ADP at? That was at 22.0. I just don't feel like others are as high on him. You know, I, I, I guess I don't hate that at the end of the, at the end of the second round, beginning of the third, but, and again, with, you know, my leagues are different than your leagues. Our listeners leagues are different from all other listener leagues. You got to know your, the, the people that you're playing with, I feel like I can get him later. So I don't know if he's a huge buy at that ADP for me. You know, we, the closer we get to the draft, though, I mean, that that's definitely uh, going to change or, or it can change. Um, so I would say he's probably a hold or a pass at that ADP for me. Just because of my interpretation of my leagues, I feel like I can get him at better value. I think you're going to see that ADP go up. I think that's going to be early to sec mid-second round. It may round. very well. It may very well, yeah. I think that'll slip up a little bit. I, especially if he goes in round two, I think I could see that going up to mid to early second round. We will see in one mm -hmm. quarterback formats. The next player I have up, we're jumping back up to the top of the board. Quinton Johnson at 6.83. The big news this week is that he was not invited to the the NFL draft. So Sad. the NFL draft absolutely hates, and th this is actually big news because the NFL draft absolutely hates when players are sitting there and they're not being taken. They're sitting there in the draft room yeah. and they're not taken. It looks bad on TV. They hate it. So they put on, they put a lot of research into who they invite to the NFL draft. They want to make sure these are early selections. So Quentin Johnson not getting invited does suggest some trepidancy. I saw a recent article that, you know, the research that they did suggests that they think he will go, between picks 20 and 30, actually, which is later than a lot of fantasy analysts have been talking yeah. about lately. And potentially, and they were worried, and this is why he didn't get the invite, he could slide into the second round. So I feel like we were kind of banking on him kind of going 10 to 20. You know, it was kind of the reason, it was kind of what the tea leaves were showing, maybe the New England yep. Patriots, maybe the Houston I Texans. I agree. And now it seems to be put in doubt a little bit. How do you feel about Quinn Johnson right there? Well, and just for reference, too, I think only 17 players, 17 are um, 
arriving at the draft or, or will yeah. be there participating in the event. So I don't, I don't want to lose too much sleep over that. I mean, I, I still think what's that. I was saying three wide receivers though, Zay flowers, Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and a jigba. I mean, Jackson Smith and him still feel like the top two guys. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like Jordan Addison, but I don't know if people are going to like where he winds up getting drafted to. Don't, don't be angry with me when he winds up get, going to Baltimore. I've been banging that drum, but going to end his value. Uh, man, I mean, I, we've talked about him a lot. So you can refer back to everything about his size, his frame, his speed, his, his athletic ability. At this ADP, I still feel like that's very good for a single QB. I just, yeah. I just, I feel like he can go top four in single QB. He he's a he's a hold at that one because that's about exactly where I have him. I've actually moved Zay Flowers ahead of him. I've I've, I've submitted to the to the guys over. You know, Cody Carpentier is a huge, huge, huge fan. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to him, and yeah, I just can't help it. You know, I think Zay Flowers, you know, Zay Flowers does the things downfield that Quentin Johnson should be doing. He does them better. You know what I mean? It just at you know mm -hmm. at his small size. Yeah, he, so we talked about this before. He's like Zay feels like a hybrid of what you can get from Johnston and Jackson Smith and Jigba because he has that shiftiness. He has some strength. He has j just the hybrid of both of them. You know, of both of their strong skill sets. I was uh, I was just chopping it up with JC uh, J Dynasty actually before mm -hmm. before this podcast, and uh, he he has Quentin Johnston still at number two, and he you know he was he was talking about the upside case and that, you know, that's, that's what it is. You know, the upside case, what, and that's, you know, and that's, I, I guess I can't play, I, you know, if I'm going to argue that Israel Bandaconda is an upside case, you know, and that's why I'm taking him, you know, it's the same thing with Quentin Johnson. I absolutely see mm -hmm. why you'd rank him as wide receiver too, because if he works out, he has a much higher ceiling than the Zay flowers or even the Jackson Smith and the Jigba, you know, if things work out perfectly now, it's not a likely range of outcomes. It's not, right. you know, it's an unlikely outcome actually but he just has all those physical tools that you're looking for so uh quinn johnson polarizing player so hopefully we still see that strong draft capital next up i have michael mayer at 14.59 no tight end premium so that is an early second round pick where you you, you like it then all right how do you he's sure-handed like and i and i still don't understand this i was on um i was on front yard fantasy this week and a great show, by the way. Go check them out on YouTube. They have a fantastic fantasy football uh, game show format. It's a ton of fun. You'll absolutely enjoy it. And one of the questions was, it was we were doing like in the war room. That was the Jeopardy category. And it was, uh, according to FanDuel, who has the, what tight end has the highest odds to go off the board first? And of course, in my head, I, it wasn't even my question. It was somebody else's. I said, Michael Mayer in my head. You know, like, of course, it's got to be. And the answer wound up being Dalton, Dalton Kincaid. I and figured, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't understand. I still don't understand that. And I kind of felt bad. I was like, I was nodding my head when the guy said Michael Mayer, he got it wrong too. And yeah, they're, they're like, Nope, he's a plus option. Plus plus one fifty. Kincaid's minus minus one forty to go first. And I just don't get it. Like when I look at Dalton Kincaid, you know, my, you know, try to forgive the pun here. He looks like Dalton Schultz. Like he looks like more of a, like, wide receiver tight end type of hybrid he doesn't look like a guy that's going to be able to set the edge that's going to be able to help you and run and pass blocking michael michael mayer is all of those things he may hit the seam slower than kincaid but he's sure-handed he's got size and his overall frame and body of work to me fits way more in today's nfl than dalton schultz does or sorry dalton kincaid see there i go i, I mean I, I can't get these guys you know differentiated in my head damn Dalton business going on here. All these NFL players, stop naming your kids Dalton. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> um, 
I, I like, you know, I, I agree. I've been going back and forth. I'm, a, I'm obviously a little higher on Kincaid than you, but I did settle this week and I put Michael Mayer at the top of my rankings for everything you said. He's a good pass blocker, strong frame. He's going to play more of an inline old school tight end role, strong contested catcher, more of a chain mover. And I think that's yeah. where, I think that's where the people kind of are. Are you shooting? Are you shooting for Travis Kelsey? Because if that's the case, that's not Michael Mayer. He's not going to be, I don't think, I don't think he has the ceiling to be enter uh, uh, that Mark Andrews. I don't think Travis he has a footwork or the, or the release to do that. But at yeah. the same time, what he can do is catch the ball when you need him to. You don't need him to hit the seam. He's sure-handed and big, which is what a tight end should be. And he's a pure fucking athlete. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you look at this guy, he looks like a beast. Put him in an NFL weight room this summer. He is going to look like a monster come week one, I'm telling you. And that's just year one. Like when you translate to the NFL, it's a different level of fitness. It's a different uh, level of dieting. Everything's going to change for these guys. Like every, like look at Tua right now. Tua looks huge. He never looked this big. Tua was tiny when he came in the league. Look at Marquise Brown. These guys are just going to get bigger, stronger, faster, and more athletic once they get A1 world-class training and fitness going on. Like, if you think they're good now, wait till you wait, wait another season. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the great thing about Michael Mayer is, you know, so many of these tight ends are projects. This is a guy who has over 800 yards, two years in a row, massive part of the Notre Dame offense. So you, you're not wondering, like, there's there's some guys like a Luke Musgrave or Darnell Washington. They've never done it. You're just drafting them totally based on the athletic potential. The Michael Mayer. Look like, yeah. Obviously, obviously the safest floor. I see, you know, He's, he's in the conversation with like a Pat Fryer move. That was my dog shaking. They, they start getting, they start getting restless when I start getting the hour 45 minute uh, of podcasting. You know, I was doing an hour before this. So yeah, they're, they they're also little... not down with Michael Mayer disrespect. Yeah. They're not, they don't like that either. That, that got, that, that got their attention. So, Good boy. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, I just, he's a super safe floor and, you know, I expect him to be a, a you know, solid player for a long time. I, I've been, flirting putting him as my dynasty seven or eight uh tight end seven or eight and that's just where we are you know he's in immediately in the tight end one conversation because it's such a barren landscape uh now oh i do have another tight end oh i have th three tight ends up in a row this is fun darnell washington at 27.17 that is in the early third round and mm -hmm. that that's a sell for me honestly i just yeah. i just i'm i'm not rich. getting it it's rich it darnell washington has all you know has a lot of physical tools. He's six foot six, 264 pounds. And he, you know, he dominated the NFL combine four, six, four, 40 yard dash freakish for that size. Second fastest shuttle at the combine impressive in pass catching drills. But why I have to give a little trepidation to that is that he kind of moves like Rob Gronkowski out there in the sense that he's, he's not fluid. He's, you know, he, he doesn't, although he has top line speed, like he's not, he's not getting in and out of his breaks very well. He's, you know, he doesn't have a lot of agility there because he's just mm -hmm. so big. And so that's why a lot of teams were even talking about moving him to tackle after the NFL draft. That is not going to happen. I wouldn't worry about that. I think that's yeah. that. But still, that just shows you that people are not sold on him as a tight end. He had never exceeded above an 8.4% target share, 45 career receptions. Like I said, this is not uh, Michael Mayer production. This is a product we're projecting because we love the physical tools. Mm -hmm. um, I think you agreed, though. Is Darnell Washington a sell for you as well? Uh, this is round three ADP, correct? Yeah, he's a, he's round four. That's okay. that's that's too high. 
you're not even looking at the tea leaves. You're looking at the dude's legs and arms and his height. That's that's what you're getting caught up in. And I get that because he's got a huge ass wingspan. His catch radius is going to be massive. But this is someone who is completely indicative of their landing spot. I can see him going a lot of places and not touching the field uh, very much in 2023. Good project. Gives me Jelani Wood vibes. I just drafted Jelani Woods in probably, I don't know, around 12 or 13 as my second tight end in a startup. That may be very well where Darnell Washington is a year from now. He's just like, eh, maybe he'll 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 be something in year two. Maybe he'll be something in year three. He's going to need a very good opportunity in year one to make a difference and be worth that ADP, in my opinion. Mid four, late four for me. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see him being a fantasy difference maker. He, he's a good, he's a really good blocker. So, you know what I mean? I think he could, and he's going to be an NFL tight end for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think, I just don't think that'll end up being a fantasy role. So I'm a little bit upset at that ADP as well. The next player I have up though, is someone I'm really excited about. I have him as my tight end three, Sam Laporta. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just has everything that you're, I think you're looking for in a tight end. I, I just can't believe he's not a little bit actually higher in a lot of people's rankings. Um, uh, Extremely tough to tackle, 4-5-9, 40-yard dash, 85th percentile speed score, 76th percentile burst score. Checks all those athletic boxes. Yep. Over 650 receiving yards the last two years, over 21% target share three years in a row. You know, not not projected to be a strong blocker, but a willing blocker. Some people laugh at that, you know, because, yeah, he doesn't have the frame to be like a super inline blocker at the NFL level, but he did play mm-hmm. 112 slot snaps last year. So it's probably going to be more of a – slot slash you know lining offline tight end here kind mm-hmm. of in that he's it's called a move tight end i think is the word people are referred to as now he's that kind of smaller smaller tight end frame this has not been great for fantasy recently it's kind of the evan ingram bold but there have seen some success and i really like the upside you know do you have you done some research on sam laporta what are your feelings i feel good about him at this adp that's that's for sure he's that's fourth round right yeah yeah, I feel a lot better about that than I do about Darnell Washington. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I, Iowa, they know how to build some tight ends. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson. I'm not saying he's going to be those guys, but you know they've been you know a uh, an institution of of the the tight end, if you will. Uh, great after the catch, he can break tackles. Yeah, I mean, you might be worried about the sp- uh, the size at only six three, but I feel like there's going to be a team that makes him a weapon and includes him. And I could see him having more early first year involvement than say a guy like a like a Darnell Washington. So I would put both of them right or somewhere around in the fourth round. Of course, de- depending on your need and your roster and your build. Uh, but at that ADP, I feel much safer than I would Darnell Washington. You know, whatever five to seven picks earlier. You know, yeah, I'd, and I I just feel like you know you have to it, banking on a total athletic profile is not worked out lately either so you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's just usually got to show something so darnell washington you know the fact that he just never was able to get any part of significant part of that georgia offense is a little bit concerning the next player i have up here is who i compare to a light version of george pickens jonathan minko you know what i mean he's very Mm -hmm. strong blocker very physical strong contested catcher you know what i mean he's he has a very strong size adjusted athletic score physical frame one of the few big receivers in this class fits that alpha out that typical alpha kind of physical profile. So um, not a strong collegiate uh, production to back that up though. Kind of uh, doesn't have top line speed. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo is someone who I just, in the previous show I just did had as my wide receiver 10 in these rookie drafts. So 
I had him as probably on the border more of an early third round pick. So this is actually a solid buy at this ADP for me as a late third round pick. I have him as more in the early third round. And so have you, what are your, what's your analysis on Jonathan Mingo? I've seen him pretty much going at the same ADP. So late, late third, early fourth, I'm just fine with has a, a nice physical build. Definitely somebody that is going to be able to go up to the point of the ball, bring her, bring her down. Um, there's really no glaring concerns, I guess. I guess just the overall analytics aren't like great on him. You know, he's he's not ranked at like at the very top. Could be a sneaky ADP climber post draft if he gets a decent landing spot. But I, you know, I don't see him getting drafted till late day two, day three. Yeah, I mean, in late day two, I think would would I think he would rise a lot if he got late or like late day two mm-hmm. draft capital. This would cause him to that would cause him to rise a lot. Even in the fourth round, I think, you know, early fourth round, he'd go up a little bit. So I, I like Jonathan Mingo at that ADP particularly. There's, you know, there's a, you know, there's a question of obviously why he wasn't better in college. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that production is obviously a, the big glaring hole on that profile. But um, yeah, I really like Jonathan. You know, I, I like all the physical tools and, you know, in, in a draft where there's only been mostly smaller wide receivers, I like, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of a different flavor. I, and, I like him more than the next guy that we're about to talk about. So like so okay. the next the next guy that we're going to talk about I would I would still prioritize less than him. Um, so he, that 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 is Trey Palmer, the next man mm-hmm. up here as we lead yep. into that. And you you're on the opposite side of a lot of people. Like in recent in recent, he's a big recent riser. And mm-hmm. um, you know Cody Carpentier over Player Profile does his dog rating. You know his you know like who's got that dog in him, and he ranks very high in that dog rating category he's he tested very well at the nfl combine 433 40 yard dash a little burner he spent mm-hmm. his early career at lsu where he did not do much playing behind jamar chase and that very talented you know justin jefferson so he did he had to transfer into nebraska where he was productive so mm-hmm. you know what what are, you, what are your feelings why aren't you as high on trey palmer i mean to me he's just all speed like that that's that's what you're going to get out of him so I mean, honestly, like if, if I'm looking at him or like a Jalen Hyatt, they're opposite ends of the ADP spectrum. But yeah, if you want a discount Jalen Hyatt, then yeah, you can get Trey Palmer. But I feel like he's going to be relegated to, to a special team type of role. Yeah. I, 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 just, I just don't see all of the other the physical traits there. He has a little bit of uh, size on someone like a Jalen Hyatt. But again, he's just a speed guy. He's That's, that's his gadgetry. I don't think he's going to be a big priority in red zones. I don't think he's going to be a big volume guy. You know, again, landing spot can change that, but he has, you know, what what I feel is a skill set or a, a toolbox you can break out, you know, three to four times a game. You really don't have to overuse him. He was my wide receiver 11, so I, I, I tend to agree with that. And where would, did he slot in this ADP at 40? So, yeah, I have actually probably him a little bit. So I guess he would probably be a buy for me at that ADP. I have him a little bit higher than 40.7. I, I think he – I don't hate I don't hate the the ADP so much as I just like other like like Mingo. I I would go with Mingo at that late ADP because tell sell me another big physical receiver at that ADP other than him. There it really isn't any in this class. And there's speed everywhere. There's there's speed everywhere in this class. I mean, I I would I was about to reference Deuce Vaughn. That's going back to the running back position, but there is speed everywhere. I just I like all of these guys are fast this year. It's speed is it is a speedy class, but like I said, a lot of undersized players. The NFL is changing, though. You see mm. 
Like when, if you average out the top 24 wide receivers and their weight, the weight keeps decreasing every single season. So we are seeing the NFL shift a little bit. Justin, with that, we're going to wrap it up here. What's going on at SGPN this week? Everything, man. Everything. Everything. I love it. We got this great show dropping uh, later tonight. We got uh, an IDP show dropping. We've all, we've always got the good stuff. We've got dynasty. We've got best ball going on. Uh, last week was a bit more of a highlight week. You know, me and Andrew had Pete Overzet on uh, for our underdog draft, our live underdog draft. We'll have another one of those uh, upcoming this week. Been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, man, you know, just checking boxes, you know, writing articles, <laughs> talking to good folks like you on the camera screens here. Usual stuff. Yeah. Andrew and Justin always do a good job of getting a big guest on their podcast. You know, SGPN has been doing that a lot lately. There's been a lot of fun guests on these podcasts. We even had uh, Sam Acho joining mm-hmm. Justin Mark and his, and his wife. And you know, that, 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 that's crazy. You know what I mean? So SGPN is doing big things out there. I'll be, uh, you know, I have multiple, you know, if you follow me, you'll see all the content. I do articles every week for TWSN, SGPN. I do a podcast for the Face Off Sports Network. I do articles for Player Profiler, so you can see all that. Thank you for joining us, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of your Sunday.